by the way, um, the, uh, the question uh, that is asked generally uh, throughout that, uh, that's those sermon notes um, are designed really to help you to dig a little bit deeper into the message and to help you to understand why you believe what you believe. To, it's, sometimes it comes alive to us more when we write an answer down. We're thinking, well, I didn't realize I believe that. And then, you know, you just allow God to speak into that and to take you on a journey of deepening your faith with Jesus and being led by the Holy Spirit. And I think that sometimes we need to, to challenge some of our own mindsets, some of our own ideas, our own philosophies, and saying, why do I believe what I believe? And I think that's a healthy thing. And I think that uh, it, uh, that's what, what our heart is, is to help people to dig a little bit deeper into what God is saying to us. So this morning, we're just going to launch right into this sucker and go for it. Amen? Okay. So Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that it brings change. I thank you that uh, as I speak, that I would speak your words, that this is about you speaking to your people, bringing transformation, establishing hope, bringing strength and power into people's lives. And I pray that as we start to delve into this, that you would speak profoundly into the hearts of your people and bring about an incredible awareness of what you're trying to do and, and say to us in this day and this age. And I thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning's message is called God Talk. Uh, it's called God Talk. And this message came out uh, about as a result of uh, me sitting down with my own father this week. I had an opportunity to sit down with my dad uh, we went down to visit him. Jane and I took the grandkids down to, to visit uh, their great-grandfather and, and great-grandmother and, and stuff like that. And, and I had an opportunity to, to spend about an hour just talking uh, one-on-one with my father. And um, he talked about his past. He talked about his working life. He talked about his struggles and his troubles. He talked about coming to Australia. And, and at the moment when I say that, I've got this scene from... Um, like uh, Titanic going through, we're going to America, you know. Uh, we're going to Australia, you know. That's how it was. We didn't go by boat. We came over by 747 Jumbo. I was the only one in our family who didn't throw up. <laughs> Great, you know, accolade right there. So uh, you can always take me on a plane, okay. Just you can feel safe in doing that. That's good. So uh, we came out by plane, coming out to Australia. He had amazing hopes and dreams of a new life coming out to, uh, to Australia. Uh, it was thought that they were going with his parents, who were already out here. My dad's parents were already out in Australia to take over the running of the Shell Roadhouse at Tail and Bend. So that uh, didn't pan out. They found out a week before that Shell weren't going to give them the contract for that. So it fell through. So we opened a fish shop instead. That's true, actually, a fish and chip shop. So my dad talked about his disappointments and his regrets, and I actually felt his pain. Like when he was talking about it, I could see that my father was tearing up, and, uh, and I knew that there were regrets in my father's eyes. It was one of the most engaging and eye-opening talks I've ever had with my father. You, you need to understand that my father and I have not had the greatest of relationships. We've not been intimate or close uh, in our, our lives, really, ever, you know, for, for a long, long time. But it was one of the most eye-opening and engaging conversations I've ever had with my father. Came home later that night and I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I couldn't go to sleep. 
I just, you know, like I've got stuff happening in my head and, and stuff like that, and I'm, I'm just reflecting on a heap of stuff. And I just felt in that moment the father say to me, I want to talk to you like you talk to your dad. I want to talk to you like you talked to your dad. And I felt in that moment the beginning of this message. And I felt like God was saying to me personally, but also to us as a church, that he wants to talk to us, to give us fresh perspective, to encourage us on our journey, to strengthen and empower us, to talk like a father and a son should talk, or a father and a daughter should talk. Have you ever read the, the Proverbs where, in, in particular like uh, Proverbs 3, 4, somewhere along that line, those lines there, it's almost like you picture uh, that Solomon is sitting on the, fa- the, the lap of his father David as David talks to Solomon and imparts his wisdom to him. And talks to him about stuff. And I believe that that's what God wants us to do. Is to sit on the lap of our our heavenly father. As he talks to us about life. About happiness and joy. About aspirations and dreams. And I believe that God wants to do that. Not just for me. But I believe that he wants to do that for everybody here this morning. So that raises the question then. How does God speak to us today? I mean, sometimes we have this thought in our minds, you know, people say, well, I want to hear from God, but I never hear his voice. You know, it's almost like we have this perception that God's going to have this huge moment where the clouds part and there's these angels blowing trumpets and there's this voice that comes from heaven, Gary! And you're looking around, you, you, you want to hear this audible voice from heaven. And I think that we uh, sometimes, you know, I, I believe that God could do that if he wanted to. Absolutely. All right. God's God. He can do that. But I, I also think, though, that I think that hearing God means different things to different people. That he'll talk to you differently than he would talk to me. He might talk to you the same way that he talks to me. But he will talk to us in a way that he wants to communicate with us so that we will understand what he's saying. It won't be some alien foreign language that he talks to us in or in a way that we're never going to comprehend or understand as he talks to us. He's going to talk to us in a way that we will understand. So this morning, I think that what I'd like to do is just to spend this message talking about the ways that God often uses to talk with us. And there's 12 of them. Okay? There's 12 different ways that God, I believe, at least 12 ways. Okay, let me say that. At least 12 ways. There are more. As I was thinking about this, I could have made this, this sermon last for hours. But I won't. But there's, I think that there's 12 good ways that God can talk to us. Number one, God can speak through his word, the Bible. God can speak through his word, the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's got His essence in it. He's the instigator of it. He's the author of it. His Word can warn us. It can encourage us. It can strengthen us. It can heal us in life. His, it's history. His story 
written with love as God's guide for our lives, so that the man of God or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's, it's the Bible. God speaks to us from the Bible. God's whispering and, and talking through his word. He's giving us wisdom and the principles for life. Like, uh, you know, uh, I think Cheryl said before in, in, in the communion talk, it's that God can talk to us through the Bible. Various verses come alive to us when, uh, when we read them. God uses the word of God to, to defeat the enemy. He said, it is written. So it's, it's the written word of God that we can go to to have God speak to us. It's like sometimes you could have read a passage a hundred times before and it's never meant anything. It's not like you just glossed over it. But suddenly that morning when you read it, you're going through something and that piece that you've read thousands of times before, hundreds of times before, suddenly means something to you. It's like it leaps off the page to us and we get this sort of like beating, an extra beat in our heart and we know that God's talking to us through that passage. God's talking to us in that moment. And it would be beneficial to us to slow down enough Say, God, what are you saying to me through this passage? Maybe to write that passage of Scripture out in longhand. Remember that? That's where you take a pen. Okay? I learned something this week from Steve McCracken. I, I learned that I can dictate an SMS message through my phone. How about that? I didn't need to do, use, my, use my pen. I didn't have to stand there with club fingers and just, you know, like, how many, you know, you press a letter, but it's never the letter that you want. It's the one that's next to it, you know. So I learned you could dictate it and you could send that. I, it's fantastic. But you know what? How about you just write down the scripture and, and allow it to penetrate your heart? Because when we write something down, it sticks in our spirit more. Do you know something that, that, that has been proven? This is something off my notes. I'm, I'm distracted already. That it's, it's just, been discovered that... Bible retention, memory verses and stuff like that is dropping off at an alarming rate in this modern generation for the simple reason that people are reading the Bible on their iPhone or their electronic device and they can't remember it because they can't see it on a page where it fits on the page. Because if it, sometimes you, you think about a verse and you think, oh, I know where that is because I, I read that in my Bible and you can go to it because you can picture it on your page. You can't do that with an iPad or an iPhone. It, it actually lessens our ability to retain the Word of God and to remember passages of Scripture. So it takes more effort to read the Bible and retain what it says when we use an electronic device. That's why I will never go anywhere without this. Because I can remember it so much easier than I can something else, that, like an electronic device. So... God speaks to us through his Bible. We can interpret scripture by other scripture. So we avoid error. You know, uh, if, if our neighbor came to us and said, oh, God told me I've got to kill my neighbor. I'm going to tell you that's wrong. God would never tell you to do that. Because my Bible says I love my enemies. Uh, well, I'm going to lovingly kill them. No, nah, it's not working. You know, so it, it's, it, we can interpret it. It helps us to stop from falling into error. God will never violate his own word or his principles. That voice telling them to kill their neighbor is not the voice of the father. It's a, it's a completely wrong voice. It's either themselves or it's the devil. It's too often the devil gets the blame for it. Just wanted to do it. 
See, I need help in being a good husband to Jane and being a good father to my kids, my grandchildren, and being a good pastor and a good leader. God told me how to do that through his word, through Proverbs and the epistles, the Psalms and the New Testament. You know, that's how uh, we, we need to understand that God speaks to us through his word. When I've been afraid or I've, you know, just had moments of doubt, I can go to God's word because I hear Jesus talking to his disciples that in the middle of a storm, he says, peace, be it still. So I can, ha- I can access that because God is saying to me in the moment of storms, peace, be still, be, be at rest. So God speaks to us through his word. If we made the habit of being in God's word just a little bit each day, could God say something wonderful to us in that moment that would help us to get through the day? See, the Bible is God's word, so God can speak through the Bible. Secondly, God can speak through Jesus to us. The New Testament is uh, the fulfillment of God's plan. It's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 2 says in the past that God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. See, through Jesus' words, we can hear the heart of God and his voice and know what he's really like. See, these words weren't written for a few, a select few of individuals who can, you know, sort of like jump through the right spiritual hoops and, and stuff like that. Because for God so loved the world that he speaks to people from every tribe and tongue and nation and even in the Adelaide Hills too. We can hear the voice of Jesus as we're reading the same Bible. He, he, Jesus even compares us to sheep and Jesus being the shepherd. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Why? Because the sheep knew who Jesus was. They belonged to him and recognized him by the sound of his voice. So they follow Jesus. He's the one who will always lovingly guide us on the right path again and again. So here's something I just, this is in your notes as a challenge, almost like a, to you this morning. How about you set yourself a goal to read through the Gospels, okay? Just, just read through the Gospels and focus on what Jesus says. You know, those red bits. Okay, that's Jesus talking, okay? That's if you have a red letter Bible. If you don't, come to me and I've got a highlighter pen that's pink. All right? So you can go through it and get the pink bits. So just read through the, the, uh, the, the Gospels and then focus on what Jesus says. How about as Jesus is talking, you imagine yourself as a part of that crowd. How would you respond? When, when you read about the woman with the issue of blood reaching out to try and touch Jesus' fringe of his, his garment, how about... You imagine what you would do if you, all you could do was reach out and touch the hem of his garment. What would it be like for you listening to his sermon as he's standing in the boat and you're on the hillside and he's preaching to you? How, what would it feel like? What would it smell like? Just put yourself in that, that, that position. Let God speak to you through Jesus, what he saw in those days. I, 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 you are going to have such an incredible encounter, Joe, as you go to Israel. Because Jane and I, when we went to Israel, the Bible came alive. 
Suddenly we could picture what it looked like when we're reading the Bible in those places that as we're reading it, it just it, it fell into place. It revolutionized the way that we read the Bible. So Jesus can talk to us through just reading the gospel. So Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God and he wants to speak to us. Number three, God can speak through nature. For all you tree huggers out there, this is yours. Okay, this is yours right here. Tree huggers galore. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what's been made. So men are without excuse. In other words, nature speaks to us. Creation speaks to us. I I don't know if you're aware of it, but there's some incredible photographs that get put up on, on Facebook of nature at various times. That's God talking to you about the beauty and the intricacy of his design and his plan for mankind. You know, so through the intricate details and the beauty of all that God's made, we can hear his voice. How do we do that? Well, look at an ant and how it, it, uh, it, it, its strength actually stores up food for a later time. We can learn wisdom and ingenuity from that. We can study the heavens and we understand God's greatness. We, through planting and, and growing stuff in a garden, we can hear about the miracles of, of death and rebirth. God designed and spoke it all into existence. When was the last time we heard God speak to us through creation? Just pause long enough as we walk through the community garden here to, to look at the beauty of God's creation and how he's enabled us to do the same thing, to plant, to, to sow and to reap and things of that nature. See, God is called the creator God so he can speak to us through nature. Number four, we can, uh, God can speak to us through seeking godly counsel. God may use a friend, a teacher, a parent, a preacher, to convey his message of truth to us. Their, their words may come as a warning or as a blessing or as a prophetic truth to us. Whether we choose to hear it or ignore it depends on us. James chapter 3, verse 17 says, The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. In other words, there's this godly counsel, there's this wisdom that comes from God himself, you know, where we, we just are able to access that through godly counsel around about us. I've heard God speak to me numerous times through people in and around about me. It's called seeking godly counsel, and we can hear the voice of God in it. When we seek wise, godly mentors, we don't ask them to hear from God for us. Rather, we ask them to prayerfully help us to discover where God's leading and what he's saying to us in that moment. Okay? So the simple litmus test is if their wisdom affir- is if their wisdom affirms God's word. Does it back it up? Is it is it, in, is it consistent with what the Bible says? See, I've I've heard God talking to me through preachers and Christian authors. They've challenged me in what I think and understand. I've heard God challenge me through my children. At various times, their wisdom and their counsel has been invaluable to me as a father. It helps me to, to connect with my heavenly father, knowing that my, my God is using my kids and, and even my grandchildren and just speaking to me through them. That incredible wisdom are in our children. If we'll take time to listen and honor maybe what God's saying to us in that moment. 
See, God is known as omniscient, which means he's all-knowing, so he can speak through wisdom that he gives to other people. Number five, God can speak through music. Perhaps one of the ways that I can sense God's presence the most and hear the voice of, of God best is when I'm praising him through worship and praise. Maybe it's because in times of hurt and difficulty, I pour out my heart to the Heavenly Father in complete openness and vulnerability in that moment, and I'm best positioned to be able to receive what God is saying to me in that moment. I'm open. God, I need your help. It's a, that's those times when we're not like this, covering up and protecting ourselves. It's in these times when we say, God, I need your help. My hands are lifted up in surrender and praise. I need you to talk to me. We're open. We're vulnerable. And God can speak to us in those moments. That's why music is so powerful. The words and the notes bring a soothing comfort there. There's excitement, passion, and opens up my ears and, it, and, and my heart, and it lifts my spirits. We, we read the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 where King Jehoshaphat, he's faced by a huge army of enemies and who could easily destroy his people. But he did a strange thing. See, he, with a declaration that his eyes were on God, he sent the choir out first. That's my idea of a fight. Send someone else out in front of me. I'm cool with that. Luke and Haley, they lead our worship team here. Let's get the trumpets happening, the, 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 the clarinet happening, and the flute and all the rest of it. Send them out in battle first. What happened? Listen. It says, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. They won a huge battle because they started it with praise and worship. See, God spoke clearly and released his power and defeated Jehoshaphat's enemies. What happens to you during a time of praise and worship? Are you more positioned to be able to hear the Father in those moments? See, God knows the power of music in praise and worship so that he can speak through music. That's why, you know, <clears throat> oh, I so want to say it. So, just say it? Just, okay. The first song on a Sunday morning is not just to get you warmed up. I love you all. I really do. But we start at 10. Not saying anything. Just simply saying we started at 10. I love you all. Every one of you. I did what you asked for it. What? God can speak through circumstances. Number six, when people hear, claim to hear God through circumstances, I, I always caution people to test their conclusions with other evidence. Okay? There, there needs to be balance in this. See, God is a holy God and often uses circumstances to get our attention and he'll usually, usually confirm it with other ways. In Exodus, God used Moses in circumstances through the plagues to convince Pharaoh to release God's people from slavery. But Pharaoh wouldn't listen. In James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, it talks about the testing of our faith. And this happens through circumstances. God uses, because he, he wants us to go the distance. There's perseverance involved in this Christian deal. 
I mean, would you imagine if Jesus didn't have perseverance as a part of his character and his makeup? Gets to the Garden of Gethsemane, finds the guys asleep when they're supposed to be praying. That's it. I'm out. Walks away. But he's trying to develop perseverance in us to go the distance. And he'll do that through circumstances. We may not be able to always interpret the things that happen to us, but one of the ways or one of the first things that we can do and ask God in those circumstances is this. God, is there something you want to teach me, show me or guide me through in this? Just ask for the wisdom as God speak to you through your circumstances. See, God knows the beginning from the end so he can speak to us through our circumstances. Number seven. God's, God can speak through peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. God's peace can rule in our hearts. So it means, this word rule means to, to reign or to be the deciding factor. Let the peace of God be the deciding factor on whether you purchase that new house, that new car, whether you change jobs or go to Israel or you go to Tibet. Let the peace of God be the deciding factor in what we do about that. See, God is known as the Prince of Peace, so he can speak to us through peace. Number eight, God can speak to us through his spirit. I once heard someone say about, you know, watch the checks in the spirit, you know, or some call it God's whispers, while others say it's God's still small voice. So when we're made in the image of God and as a believer in Jesus, his spirit comes to live inside of us. It talks about that in John 14, verse 17. It says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him. But you know him and he will live in you. It says in um, 1 Corinthians three 16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? Spirit of God can live in us. See, God's Spirit can speak through our conscience, helping us to make the right decisions. When we're tempted, the same Holy Spirit warns us and nudges us to change the channel. See, as a leader and a preacher, I depend on God's Spirit to give me direction. There's times when ideas pop into my head totally unexpected and sometimes directly after a plea to the Father for help. God, would you help me to put this message together? Lord, would you do something with this message? See, the good ideas that come about as a result of that, I give all the credit to God. You can ask Jane at the end of a a Sunday, uh, in the evening when we're just about to go to bed, um, we will pray together. We pray virtually every night uh, before we we, uh, go to bed. And we say, just give God all the glory. Everything that's happened today, any, any form of praise we received, any thought of appreciation or thanksgiving that we received, Lord, this is not about us. This is our evening sacrifice to you. We want to give to you what is duly yours. And any good points that come out of this message today, um, tonight, when I go to bed, they will be given to God because it's about him and what he does. See, God can speak to us through his spirit. Why is it that 10 people can hear a message and every one of them can walk away with something different. Sometimes I'm not even said what they're thinking. It's God, by his spirit. It's the beauty and the majesty of who he is. He's just so good at doing that. And, you know, It's just amazing how God can do it. But it was when I was reading the scripture about uh, and just th- and praying about joining with Hope Church that I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, 
stop. You need to read that again. And then God confirmed to us, Judges chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, about joining together with Hope Church. It was the Spirit of God who just whispered into my, my ear, you need to read that again, Gary. And I did. See, God's, he, he, he is God's Holy Spirit, so he can th- speak to us through his Spirit. Number nine, God can speak to us through dreams and visions. This pattern is shown in the lives of Joseph, Solomon, Jacob, Peter, John, Paul, Mary. <clears throat> I had to say that, sorry. The Father still speaks through dreams and visions today. When, when Peter is standing before everyone at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he actually quotes Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where he talks about uh, your young men shall dream dreams and your old men shall have visions. I'm in a midlife crisis. I've got both dreams and visions happening. Okay, so... <laughs> are you laughing at? You get the same. <laughs> Last week I spoke about the challenge of change. Where out of Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11, both Cornelius and Peter had visions and, uh, like, about what God was wanting them to do. God still speaks today through dreams and visions. In other cr- uh, countries where Christianity is a crime and often punishable by death, God's also revealing himself repeatedly through dreams and visions. See, report after report confirms uh, for an unbeliever who's never heard of Jesus and they have a dream about him, but they don't know who this white man, this, this glowing white man is. Then a messenger, a, a missionary or someone who's a born-again Christian comes into their world. They show them the Jesus video. And as they're watching the Jesus video, they say, that's the man who's in my dream. And they get saved. God speaks through dreams and visions. He does that today. It's happening today. Right now, someone is having a dream about Jesus and they'll get saved because of it. God gives us dreams and visions so he can speak through them to us. Number 10, God can speak through supernatural manifestations. We have a a combustion fire at home. We've had it for a number of years and I've yet to hear God speak to me through it. We've put many bushes in there. I've given him every opportunity. But he doesn't talk to me through a burning bush. But he did talk to Moses through one. It was a supernatural manifestation. I've seen sheep in the paddock. And I've yet to hear that fleece talk to me. But it talked to Gideon. I've been in some thunderstorms. And I've never yet heard God speak to me through a thunderstorm. But Saul is on the road to Damascus. And suddenly he hears the voice of God. Everyone else heard a thunderstorm. But Saul, who later became Paul, heard the voice of God. I'd really like to hear the audible voice of God. I mean, I'm honest with you. I mean, probably most of us would be here as well. But I probably guarantee it's a little bit frightening as well. <laughs> when we were in Egypt and uh, going down the Nile on this boat, there were carts being pulled by donkeys. Yet not once did I hear the voice of God through a donkey. But Balaam, he heard it. He heard the voice of God through a donkey. See, God is the God of the supernatural, so he can speak through supernatural means. 
Number 11, God can speak through a whisper. The still small voice. See, 1 Kings 19 verses 12 to 13 says, And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the cave entrance. And the voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? See, God's quite sometimes in the open, the big flashy neon lights happening, thunderstorms, donkeys talking, burning bushes speaking. But sometimes he's just the still, small voice that we need to hear. See, the, the father spoke to Elijah, Elijah in a still, small voice, a whisper. It was a whisper in my heart when the Holy Spirit said to read Judges again, that passage. See, are our lives quiet enough and still enough to hear the, the whisper of the Father? See, God is so powerful that he can speak to us through a whisper. The last one is God can speak to us through prayer. Each way that I've shared God may speak to us today meshes into the other. God often speaks to us through his spirit as we are in prayer. We may not know what to pray, but Romans 8, 26 to 27 says that his Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Often through a combination of fasting and prayer, our minds become clearer and our hearts are more sensitive to God. We may not hear God's audible voice, but the Holy Spirit confirms a certain way and an answer for us. And as the distractions fade away, we can sense his leading in a new way. Sometimes whilst praying, the Holy Spirit reminds us of a scripture or a truth in the word of God that we can directly apply to a situation that we're in. Does that happen immediately? No, not always. Sometimes there's a, a, a lengthy period of time in between wanting to hear it and him actually speaking to us through it. Then one day we just find ourselves on a walk or we're having a shower and God just plants that thought through a whisper and he speaks to us about our situation. See, God wants to speak to us, so he speaks to us through prayer. Does God speak to all of us in the same way? No, he doesn't. We are all unique. Are these the only ways that God speaks to us today? No, he's a creative God and he could think of a lot better ways than maybe these that I've explained to you this morning. He speaks in so many ways and however, regardless of the way that God chooses to reveal himself or speak to us today, remember this, he will never contradict his word and the message he gives will always bring glory to him. See, if God's telling you to leave your spouse for your secretary or for your work colleague, I'm not sure that's God because it's not going to bring glory to God for a start, but it doesn't marry up with his, his word for a start. We've got, to, we've got to be wise. We, we, we fit Scripture to fit what we want it to say sometimes, but that's not how we need to interpret Scripture. We need to interpret Scripture by Scripture. What does it say? And to, to, to live by that. See, I love the, the promise held out of Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If we've ever met a person of great faith, then we've, heard, we've met a person of great hearing as well, because they've taken the time to hear what God is saying. 
In Luke 10, 41 to 42, it says that the Lord said to my, uh, my uh, Lord said, my beloved Martha, why are you so upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these distractions. Are they really that important? Mary's discovered the one thing most important by choosing the most beautiful place of sitting at my feet. She's undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. That's Luke 10 verses 41 to 42. Is it time once again for born-again believers to develop the discipline and the, uh, the desire just to sit at the feet of Jesus and have him talk to us? Just to simply sit in his presence and say, God, what's on your heart today? Instead of me coming with this great big prayer list, just simply saying, God, what would you like to talk to me about? And whatever the first thing that comes into your brain about, you know, if there's a scripture, just, just look it up. Just, just go with it. Run with it. There's sometimes, you know what? That's just not going to work. But sometimes God is going to talk to you specifically through that passage. You may not need it that day, but you may need it down the track a little bit later. See, when I took the time to sit down and talk to my dad this week, it happened because I made time. We'd set aside time to specifically go and see him and to talk. Now, that conversation simply came about as a result of me saying to my dad, telling him about a holiday that we've got planned coming up next year. And I simply said to him, Dad, when we go to England next year, what are some good places to talk about? And then he talked to me about his childhood. He started to talk to me about the places that were important to him and the things that he, was, he, he experienced in life. What could be this conversation starter between you and your heavenly father? God, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me to go? What is it that you want me to say? How do you want me to pray for this? Lord, what do you want me to preach on a Sunday morning? Lord, how am I to respond to that person who's just cut me off? What might the result of sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing him speak to us this week produce in our lives? Amen? Let's stand for a moment.